Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. And today I have an amazing guest. Uh, many of you are familiar with Dave Asprey. Um, Dave has, has done some some unbelievable uh, uh, things over the, over the years, founder of Bulletproof Company. And of course, uh, that would be Bulletproof Coffee and Bulletproof uh, Collagen Bars. I've been a fan of these. In fact, I, I, three, four days a week, at least, Dave, I, I'm, I'm having uh, some of the, the Bulletproof oh, product. Wow. But um, so thanks for being with us here today. But, you know, I'm so impressed with three times New York Times bestselling author, uh, because I've written a few books, I got to I got to the Wall Street Journal number two there. But best time, uh, New York Times is impressive. And so uh, you have a new book that we're going to be talking about today, fast this way. I'm excited to hear some of the stories about how that came about. But of course, your your background, you're you're an entrepreneur, uh, you're you're a, a an investor, uh, a media person. You, you know, Bulletproof Radio is is your podcast. Uh, that is in the top 100. You've been on all yeah. the big outlets from Dr. Oz to Joe Rogan, CNN, Fox, and hundreds more. But um, uh, one of the, the really cool things I love about, about you, Dave, is the, the uh, biohacking. You're called the father of biohacking, and you've, you've spent a lot of money and, uh, over the years with doctors and scientists and mystics to unlock new levels of happiness and performance. So, uh, so we're going to be talking about all of that today. Also, your your other ventures, Upgrade Labs, True Dark, 40 Years of Zen. So I just want to welcome you today to the Shark Bitter Podcast. Thanks for being here. Kevin, thanks for having me on. I love it when we get a chance to talk. You're always like super full of energy and uh, vim and vigor, whatever the right words are. But you're, just, you're always just on fire. And I, I love that about you. Well, thank you. And and, and it was nice uh, being on, on your podcast. I know that Bulletproof Radio has great uh, exposure. And we got a lot of, a lot of great uh, things happen from being being on Beautiful. the podcast. So, so, so thanks for being here today. And so we're going to talk a little bit about the, you know, the, your new book, but before we get into that, can, can I just get sort of the two minute overview of, you know, where it all started? Where, where did they sure. come from? In my early twenties, I'd hit 300 pounds and I had all the diseases of aging before I was 30. I had arthritis starting when I was 14 in my knees and other joints uh, pre-diabetic, high risk of stroke and heart attack, and major cognitive dysfunction. Hmm. And I managed to kind of work my way through all that. I, I worked out an hour and a half a day, six days a week for 18 months, went on a low-fat, low-calorie diet. 
And when I was done, I could max out all the machines at the gym except for two. And I still had a 46 inch waist and I still weighed 300 pounds and I was still a fat ass. Wow. And I, I concluded rightfully so that it was clearly because there was too much lettuce in my salad, given that there was no more chicken and no more dressing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I got tired of being tired mm-hmm. and Along the way, my career had progressed. I was in Silicon Valley. I was a co-founder of a part of the company that held Google's first servers when it was two guys and two computers. I made $6 million when I was 26. So I'm like, all right, I'm teaching engineers how to build the internet. Like before Mm -hmm. cloud computing had a name, Uh, even the very first product ever sold over the internet was a caffeine t-shirt sold out of my dorm room. It'd be, you know, the very first thing where you could order without a catalog and uh, all that kind of stuff. So I'm like, I, I was there, but I was, I had the accelerator all the way to the floor all the time. And I was slowing down and slowing down and slowing down and getting a sense of panic. I said, all right, if I can hack the internet, I can actually hack myself. I'm going to start measuring what works. And I realized I believed a lot of BS that this idea that I could just eat less calories and exercise more and sustainably lose weight. All it does is create suffering, tiredness, autoimmune dysfunction, and stress. And when you want to show up cognitively, it's different than wanting to have abs. turns out if you do it right, abs are a side effect of showing up cognitively. So I learned, I tried all the different diets. I was a devout raw vegan until it made me really sick, like it does for most people. <laughs> and yeah. I, I ended up finally saying, all right, I've had a really good career in Silicon Valley, made a difference in tech, but what's driving me is how do I make my brain work all the time? And I started a blog called The Bulletproof Executive. I figured five people are going to read this. It's going to... It's going to make them not go through what I went through. And that's going to be my win. I, I already have stock options. I'm already a VP at a big publicly traded company. Like my career is solid. I have you know, two young kids. But it turns out more than five people cared about this. And it took off in Silicon Valley, then in Wall Street, then in Hollywood, the recording industry, professional athletes. And pretty soon Bulletproof became a thing. And it, it's partly luck, but it's also it actually works. And it's also just consistently going out there and saying, did you want more energy? Try it. And it's one thing to say, oh, eat your raw spinach. You're going to feel more energy. No, actually you don't. (laughs) You know, you tell yourself you're going to. So removing self-deception from my life was a major part of this. And what came out of this was I went to my VC friends where I'd actually worked as an entrepreneur residence at Trinity Ventures. And I said, guys, you'll never invest in Bulletproof. I'm in five product categories. Startups should only do one product category. Um, But personally, you should loan me 50 grand on a convertible note because I'm going to make some money here. And they came back and said, this is a venture thing. Content-driven e-commerce matters. Here's $9 million. And I I had this conversation with myself, Kevin. I'm like, okay. When you take venture capital money, as you well know, you're, you know, you're kind of you're signing a deal with the devil. Even though I have dear friends at Trinity Ventures, you know, they're not the devil, but it means that you're agreeing to give up some control, and you're agreeing that at some point your company's going to have a liquidity event, whether it goes public or in, enters into M and A. But right. you're 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 swapping some control and self destiny for the ability to reach many millions more people. And I thought about it. I said it wasn't that hard of a thought because my goal is I always wanted to reach millions of people. And, and my, my holy grail was a, a kind of a stupid one. It was, I want to be able to go to 7-Eleven and find something that I'd want to eat or drink besides water. Okay. And I'm really proud to say just this year, actually last year, 2020, uh, 
7-Eleven trialed Bulletproof in 200 stores. And we, as a, the first time they did a health brand, we were the first health brand. They said, okay, you did it. They're rolling us out to a thousand locations. So you actually can go into some 7-Elevens today and get a Bulletproof collagen bar, get a canned Bulletproof coffee with the MCT, all the good stuff. Yeah. That to me is like, okay, I want this for everyone. It's not just for Silicon Valley. It's not just for Wall Street. It's everyone wants more energy. The, the thing that drives me, the reason I'm here, when we are well-fed, we have enough energy to manage our emotional responses. I know we are hardwired to be nice to each other and to, to support our communities, but not when we're tired, hungry, and stressed. So if we can just fix the hunger thing, then magically the world becomes a better place. And that's why I wrote Fast This Way, my new book. I, I could have written any book. I didn't need to write any book until like I just get a, you know, my subconscious tells me it's time to write a book. Writing a book about fasting kind of sucks because on its face, like why would you write a book about not eating? How about you write a book about you know drinking delicious buttery coffee because people like butter and people don't like not having anything. All that I do, Kevin, is around ROI, mm -hmm. but I'm not looking at investing dollars. I'm looking at investing energy. Everything you do, energy matters most because if you have tons of energy, you can make time and you can make money. But if you have no energy and you have time, you'll sleep. If you have, if you have no energy and you have money, you'll spend all of your money to get your energy back. Energy is the core currency of life. So I look at how much energy do I invest and how much do I get back? And the highest ROI thing I can recommend for anyone is learning how to do intermittent fasting or longer fasting without paying a cost for it. And here's why it's high ROI. Let's see, you save time on making breakfast, it costs less than having breakfast and you get more energy than having breakfast. So the investment is negative. You actually get paid to intermittent fast. You get paid in energy and you get paid in savings of dollars in time. So you win on all three of the investment metrics. Mm -hmm. But what I would have felt uh, when I was 300 pounds, even when I was 250 pounds, I'm around 200, maybe 210. I've put on a little bit of muscle recently. What you end up with is you say, if I was to fast, I've been told that I'm going to go into starvation mode. I have to eat six times a day. Otherwise, that's going to happen. I read it in Reader's Digest in the 70s, and I still believe it to be true. <laughs> but fear of starvation is a big thing because it's killed our species. You know, many, many millions of people have died from famine over the course of human history. In fact, all life on the planet has died from lack of resources. So we worry not in our minds, but in our tissues about food. And I said, all right. I'm worried that I'm going to go in starvation mode. And I also, even more, I'm working on not being a jerk. And I would say I was a pretty big jerk in my 20s. And I know that I would get hypoglybitchy or hangry. And so like, how could I possibly skip breakfast and not eat a muffin or something, or at least a protein bar uh, in the, the middle of the morning? Because if I don't, I'm going to be a jerk to people I care about. Hmm. Right? So I was afraid of being a jerk. I was afraid of dying. And I also found out I'm even afraid of being alone, which is a different kind of thing. So I hired a shaman This was back in 2008. And I said, all right, I want you to drop me off in a cave in the middle of the desert. I want no food and no people for four days. I'm going to do a vision quest. And that is, that is what I write about in this book. What you can fast. What year was that? 2008. 2008. Yeah. It was before I launched Bulletproof and I already knew about Bulletproof Coffee. Uh, but I, I was like, okay, I'm going to face my fears because I know that these are things that are pushing my buttons. And then if I'm a jerk, I can be a jerk to a wall of a cave, right? And if I feel like I'm going to die from fasting, well, I probably won't die. But if I do, I guess the birds will eat me. But, you know, I'm just going to have to face it. Right. And I wrote about that in the book because what 
comes out of all this work is there is such a thing as a spiritual fast. All religious traditions do this. Mm -hmm. And you can fast and say, I'm going to go deep and I'm going to feel my pain. I'm going to rest and relax and reset. It's fantastic. However, I don't know about you, Kevin, you kind of have a life and you have work to do. And what if you wanted to do a working fast and not ever be distracted? Can you get more out of that than what you do today? And if so, that's one thing you do. And then going deep and doing personal development is another thing you do. But in the world of fasting, everyone's like, well, just man up and do it. Sorry, if you just man up and do it, you're going to act like a jerk all day and you'll be tired and you'll be ungrounded and you won't make good decisions. So I wrote Fast This Way to talk about three fasting hacks that allow you to get the metabolic benefits. So you don't get diabetes, you don't get tired, you don't get brain fog, you don't just feel terrible while trying to fast. That makes it sustainable. At this point, people have lost a million plus pounds on the Bulletproof Diet, and I've been using this with my readers, with my followers, and on myself for more than a decade. And we know that it works, but there's new hacks that are available. That's why I came out with this book, because it matters that much. Yeah. So, Dave, when you were 300 pounds, did you think about fasting at that point, or did, did, did fasting has been a more recent thing that you created uh, for for your uh, following, I, I assume. But let me let me just ask: Did, did you think no, that point? I'm, this was back in the you know in the nineties, oh, okay. and okay. it was all about hey, uh, you've got to eat you know six or eight meals a day. You should snack all the time, and it's kind of funny. Eat all the time to get thin. It, it doesn't even make sense on its face. But this is what we've been programmed to believe that you just, you kind of constantly do this. You got to work out, but you got to eat before you work out. You got to eat between meals and sort of live the Hobbit life. And it, it truly doesn't work because our body needs time to take the energy that we normally are using to digest things and take that energy to digest junk in the body. And that there's all these metabolic benefits. If I had known about intermittent fasting, I mean, it's seriously, skipping breakfast, it's not that hard. Even if you're eating the wrong foods, you can do it. It's easier if you eat the right foods. But okay, if I had just done that, I would have become metabolically stronger. I would have had less prediabetes and all of my risk factors would have gone down. But more importantly, I would have had a brain that worked better. But as it was, we don't know that. And today, most people, you tell them you're gonna fast for 16 hours, the immediate visceral senses, but I would die. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the problem, Kevin, and you know this because you're an entrepreneur and you invest in entrepreneurs, fear that is not based on reality causes almost every bad thing that humans do. Yeah. And in Fast This Way, I talk about the psychology, not just of fasting uh, for from food, but fasting means to go without. Mm-hmm. And you can fast from junk food, it's called eating healthy. You can fast from carbs, it's called keto. You can fast from social media. Yeah. <laughs> you, That's you can, <laughs> yeah, you know, fast from alcohol. Like there's all sorts of things. I, like your body thinks you need it, right. but you show the body that you're in charge. And a side effect of learning how to fast like this is a sense of self-determination. And it, it actually doesn't just reduce thoughts about hunger, it reduces fear. And Here's, here's how life works. And this drives everything we do in business and outside of business. This is an algorithm that works for bacteria. It works for trees. It works for humans. And the first thing that all life has to do to stick around for a while is run away from kill or hide from scary things. And scary, it, it, this is your meat operating system trying to keep your meat alive as if you weren't in there. And it's built into your tissues. 
So you put 10 times more energy into those things. Now run away from kill or hide, you're in a board meeting with investors and someone says something that pushes a fear button for you, even if it's not one that you're conscious of. And you're like, okay, I can hide, right? I'm not gonna show up, I'm, you know, I'm gonna sort of you know, put my head down or I'm, I'm gonna deflect, right? I can run away from, I'll procrastinate, I just won't do it, or I'll kill, I'll yell and I'll tell them to go F themselves and I'll blow stuff up. Okay. Those are all tissue responses that you don't choose, but the emotion comes through and then you justify the emotion with story. It's because that board member is a jerk or, you know, because that employee did the wrong thing. And, uh, but, but really it's because you felt something because someone pushed a fear button for you. Yeah. So, you know, I remember, I'm going to go back, I think seven years ago, I'm at a genius network event. There, a couple of your guys are there passing out coffee samples. The very first bulletproof product I had was the coffee. Nice. Now, I got to tell you, I was blown away. I'm watching them put butter into the coffee, and I'm thinking, how can this be good for you, right? So that, that was my first reaction. But explain how you even came up with this development and 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 why it works. Well, after I tried all the diet stuff that's supposed to work, that mostly doesn't, some work better than others, I, I troubleshot them. I said, yeah, I'm going to try the stuff that's not supposed to work. So I'm going to go learn meditation from the masters uh, in Tibet. I'm going to do ayahuasca in South America. Before ayahuasca was cool, I actually went down there and and they're like, Dave, you're white. Um, ayahuasca is for local people. You'll throw up. You won't like it. You shouldn't do this. And now you go down there and they're like at the airport trying to you know get you to go on an ayahuasca uh, right. you know, trip trip out tour. So it, it was, I kind of went on a spiritual quest around the world to learn from the masters. In Tibet, I went to Mount Kailash, which is the holiest mountain in the world. It's kind of the Mount Olympus of the East, where the gods are said to live. Yeah. It takes five days to drive there on dirt roads. And you walk 26 miles at 18,000 feet elevation. And when I was there, it was 10 degrees below zero. So a little bit inhospitable. And I'm feeling like garbage because that's how you're supposed to feel when there's no air and no heat and no food and any warmth comes from burning yak dung. Like very <laughs> rustic. And this little Tibetan lady gives me a bowl of yak butter tea, which is yak butter blended into tea. And it's a traditional Tibetan food. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm hungry and there's nothing else to eat. I drank the stuff. And I felt amazing, like better than I'd felt in a long time. I'd been healing from chronic fatigue syndrome and all this biological stuff that was going on. I'm like, how can I feel so good? And I came back to Silicon Valley after that and I tested all this you know, butter and tea and it tasted gross, it didn't work. So I'm like, maybe it's the tea. So I spent $1,000 on expensive Chinese teas and it's not the variable that matters. So then I tried 25 butters, I'm like, wait a minute, if I use grass-fed butter, it works. And if I use soy and corn industrial butter, it doesn't work. Huh. And then I tested coffee instead of tea. And I'd given up coffee for five years because it made me jittery and cranky, made me want to punch people. But not all coffee was causing that effect, only some. So I'm like, wait, it's the coffee. So I delved into this and I came up with a new way of fermenting coffee that doesn't have toxins. And we do lab testing on the Bulletproof coffee beans. So you can drink it with, with a smooth feeling instead of jitter and anger and hunger and sugar cravings. So I blended all this together, added MCT oil from some anti-aging research. And after about a thousand iterations and testing on all my friends who are going, you're doing what in my conference room? I'm like, Dave, what's wrong with you? I had something that tasted really good, but more importantly, it gave you the energy that that spiritual traditions are expecting after two to three days of fasting. Like, oh, you know, the, the curtains open. You felt it that first time you tried Bulletproof Coffee because that ingredient set, I gave you the energy of someone who's been fasting for two days that morning. And you're like, this is way better than an egg McMuffin. Like you, you oh, yeah. win every time. 
I've been a fan ever since. Absolutely. Great, great, oh, thank you. Great, great job. So, so now, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about fasting because your, your book is, is, is focused there. Um, there are a lot of myths. Uh, a lot of people think fasting is suffering, right? And yep. it's not, right? Other, other people think it's dangerous. So uh, let's talk about some of these myths and why do people think these things and, and, and what is the, the, the real uh, truth about fasting? The, the reality is that for you to starve to death, most people have between two and three months of not eating anything at all before they starve to death. So okay. starving to death is possible. It's a real threat. If you skip breakfast and go 16 hours without food, I'm pretty sure that you're going to be okay. You're not going to die. <laughs> but it feels like we're going to die because I mentioned that fear thing. It's 10 times more attention. Well, the second thing we pay attention to, we put five times more emphasis on food than it merits in today's world because our cells are afraid we'll be hungry. In fact, one of the studies in Fast This Way that I talk about, 15% of the average person's thoughts are about what's for lunch, mm -hmm. what's for dinner, what's for my next meal. Now, if you fast properly, you stop having any feelings or thoughts about hunger because you actually flipped a switch. And now you get 15% of your mental energy back to think about stuff. Oh, and now that your gut isn't using energy to break down food, you get all that energy added on top of what you had. And then all of a sudden, oh, and, and some of the things you eat also reduce energy because you're eating some toxins, whether they're man-made or nature-made. You're, you're not doing that either. And all of a sudden, like, man, I'm lit up. And the side effect of that is you tell the cells, you're going to have to be able to be self-sufficient. And the cells that are weak, they actually will clean themselves up. They'll either um, kill the cell and make a new fresh one, or they'll just repair the cell itself until you now have a high-functioning body. And that means when you're, you are eating, you have less cravings. So you turn off the voice about hunger, you turn off the voice about fear, and then what you end up with is, wow, like I can show up for anything that I want to do in my life better than I did before. And it's just non-obvious, but it feels like, because everyone knows starving to death is, is a clear thing. How many times have you said, okay, I'm starving? You, we actually tell ourselves that almost every day. It's time for lunch, I'm hungry. No, you have a craving. But right. if you didn't eat for five days, you wouldn't be starving. You'd just be really hungry. Right. And that's okay too. Right. And so uh, you talk in your book about a lot of things and how to use biohacking, for example, um, to increase your energy and get better sleep and reduce inflammation. Um, how did you come about figuring these things out as you were developing your, your, uh, your business model? Well, I've been looking for years at the things that provide that higher return on, on our health. So I've run an anti-aging nonprofit group for geez, about 15 years where I'd have people come in and speak about stuff that just most people didn't know about. I was using uh, lasers and infrared lights on my brain through my skull 20 years ago and with profound improvements. And people like, that can't work, therefore it doesn't. And so what biohacking, when I created this field, the idea behind biohacking is I wanted to bring anti-aging researchers and bodybuilders and neuroscientists and astronauts and Navy SEALs and entrepreneurs and people who are functioning at the highest levels of human performance as they define it. I wanted to bring us all together to talk about what makes you the smartest person on earth, what makes you the fastest person on earth, what's, what makes you the longest lived person on earth, what makes you whatever you want your biology to be. 
is so that we can have an open conversation about the tools that work best. And this is about creating a better future. And the definition of biohacking, when I, I started doing conferences on this eight years ago, it, as I wrote it, was the art and science of changing the environment around you and inside of you so that you have full control of your own biology. I've interviewed more than 800 people on Bulletproof Radio, including Nobel Prize winners and lots of university scientists. And these are open conversations we can all listen to. What emerges from that is, oh, what are the environmental things we can change that make the body change in the direction we want the best? And we can change the type of light and the timing of light. We can change the type of food and the timing of food. We can change the temperature at which we sleep. We can change all kinds of little variables that any sane person would say that can't possibly matter, except it does. I've been tracking my sleep for 15 years now. I use the Aura Ring today. I used to sleep with a headband on that would track my sleep because I sucked at sleeping, Kevin. I would sleep you know, eight hours and I'd get you know five minutes of deep sleep and five minutes of REM sleep. I get two hours of deep and two hours of REM on a lot of nights now in six and a half hours of sleep. That's more deep sleep and more dreams than a college student gets. Amazing. even though I'm 48 yeah. and I get it in six and a half hours, not eight hours because I learned how to do it because I use technology and techniques and knowledge. And what biohacking is, all the biohacks that are in Fast This Way, it's how do I align these different techniques? Some of them are free. Some of them cost a little bit of money. But when I stack them up, you can become a morning person in two weeks without any pain or stress or struggle or strive. You can stop being the person who goes to bed at eight o'clock at night because you can't function after that. You can shift your window but it requires knowledge and tools. And my job, I've spent a million dollars testing these things out. I've written multiple books about it. I'm upstairs from Upgrade Labs where I commercialize a lot of these technologies and open facilities for people. And it, it just comes down to you can recover faster than mother nature wants. You put on muscle or improve your cardiac performance way faster than running from tigers and picking up rocks, which is what all of us have done through all of human history. Not anymore. Like we have magnets and lasers and all kinds of cool stuff. Nice. So, uh, so, so biohacking has created um, amazing benefits for folks that are are following your your teachings from mental better mental clarity, more sleep, uh, uh, reduced inflammation, etc. Um, and and again, back because uh, I know fasting is 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 the main focus here. There are various types of fastings. That, uh, that 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 exist, and where where you know maybe let's talk about the types of fasting and, and which you prefer. Sure, and I'm I'm going to say go to fastthisway.com, and if you do that, send in your receipt for the book, and I will teach all of this over a two week course with three live Q and As and a daily practice with ten thousand plus other people doing this in a private group, so you can really get a lot of support. So this is a short answer to a question that might take a little bit of teaching beyond what we're going to do in this episode. Fastthisway.com is the URL for it. Fastthisway.com. So, okay. So here's the short answer to that. Anytime you go at least 12 hours without food, there's some benefit. You hit a lot of benefits at 16 hours or 18 hours. And you can go for 24 hours, you eat one meal a day. There isn't a right answer because if you have a lot of weight to lose, there's a chapter in the book that says, okay, you might actually start out on a different thing. If you're a woman, you run the risk before a man does of over fasting. We're saying, oh, fasting makes me feel good. I'll do it all the time. And oh, what do you know? No, I can't sleep anymore. My hormones are off and my hair is thinning, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So, so this can happen. So it isn't that everyone do exactly what I do, but what works for just about everyone is you start out 
with an intermittent fast of at least 12 hours, ideally 16 or 18 hours without eating in a day. I'll explain how to do that in a minute. Mm -hmm. uh, and you do that three to five days a week, but you don't do it every day, mm -hmm. especially when you first get going because fasting is a stressor. It's a stressor that makes you stronger. But we all know if you go to the gym and you lift heavy stuff every single day, you're just going to get injured and you won't build muscle because you never get to recover. So you just, you got to teach the body to get into this. And there's some hacks in the book that let you do it without the pain that normally people have when they start doing it. So here's how it really works. One of the neat things you can do, eat a little bit earlier. If you eat at or before six o'clock and you have at least three hours without food before you go to bed, you'll, you'll get a higher return on your sleep that night. And if you think about it, okay, eat, be done eating by six. You're going to have four hours before you go to bed. And if you sleep for eight hours, you just did a 12-hour fast when you wake up. And if you can just wait four more hours, which is kind of an early lunch, you've done 16 hours of fasting. But you really just felt like, oh, I went to bed and I woke up and I only really had to skip food for four hours. Yeah. I could do that. So how could 16 hours feel like four hours? Well, that's pretty easy. But like since it's inconvenient to have lunch at 10 or 11, like I'll just wait till lunch. There you go. You did 15 or 16 hours. It's not as bad as you think. But most people, when they start out, like, uh, I'm going to wake up with cravings at 10 o'clock when someone brings in the donuts, I'm not going to be able to say no. And I've had that conversation in my head. Someone puts the donuts there and I'm like, I am working on losing my 300 pounds. I am motivated. I'm not going to do it. And I'd win most of the time. And other times, I'll just have half after the donut's been screaming at me for a half hour to eat it. I'm like, it'll shut up if I eat half. And then you'd have to be like, well, I already ate some, I'll eat the other half. And like, why did I fail? Why am I such a bad person? Well, you're not. This is your biology doing what it's designed to do. So how do I turn off that, that food incessant craving thing? And there's three hacks that allow you to do that 16 or 18 hours without eating. One of them is have black coffee in the morning. It'll work better with the bulletproof beans that are tested for mold and all that, but you don't have to do that. And if you have black coffee, the amount of caffeine in two small cups of coffee doubles the production of ketones, these fat burning molecules that happen when you fast or if you're on a keto diet. And when ketones go up, a hunger hormone called ghrelin drops and a satiety or a fullness hormone called CCK, uh, which is I think made by Calvin Klein. It's called cholecystokinin, but um, that goes up. And so all of a sudden you're like, oh, I stopped thinking about food. I'm full. That cup of black coffee is, is something most fasters do. Uh, right. But some people are convinced because mice in a cage only had water that you should only have water when you're fasting. That is a really rough way. You can, you can increase suffering and get results, or you can not increase suffering and increase focus and get results. During the week, you're intermittent fasting for your brain and metabolism. You're not, focus, you're not focusing on, oh, I'm going to suffer. I'm just going to push through the hunger. You're going to push through making a million dollars that day instead of pushing through your hunger because you only right. have so much pushing in your body, right? So you can fast without giving all your energy to the fast. It should be giving it back. Got it. Beautiful. Hey, so, I mean, you've been, your Bulletproof Radio, it's a top 100 podcast. You touch millions and millions of people. Yeah. I, and I know you've had your own transformation, I'll call it a magical transformation from 300 pounds to, to today and all the amazing things you've done. But without sharing any specific names, can you talk about a few people that you've helped change their lives, um, both physically and yeah. across the board? There are some who are really public about it, um, like Nick Foles. Oh, uh, sure. yeah. You know, Super Bowl MVP. Uh, I got to be friends with Nick. He's been on my show. And when he wrote his book, I've been he an mentioned, Eagles fan. I, I, I don't know if he's still with the Eagles, but I know he's, he's, 
good good quarterback. Yeah, he's definitely a good quarterback and a good humble human being. I mean, just a great a great guy. Uh, it, it's just, it's just not all about him. It never has been. But in his in his book about the Super Bowl, he mentions bulletproof coffee six times. And on the show, he says, "Here's all the bulletproof supplements and stuff that I took before I went on the field. Here's why I make bulletproof coffee for my teammates." This was not a paid endorsement, Kevin. This was him just genuinely saying it made a difference in my performance. And as an entrepreneur, as a creative kind of guy, like the fact that someone who's achieving greatness uses something that I created as a small, small part of it, but enough that it's noteworthy for them, it feels good, right? I mean, it, it's it's humbling to like, wow. But the, so that touches you on a certain level, but the thing that sticks with me the most was a family from Texas. And, and I went to speak at an event down there, um, kind of in the early days of Bulletproof. And they brought me this care package. It, it had a couple of frozen grass-fed steaks from their favorite, their favorite place. And it had a card with two photos in it. And it was signed by his entire family. It's a family of five. And he, the two photos didn't look the same. And, and on the back of it, it said, Dave, this is us four months ago. And this is us now. And the thing that really got to me is their 16-year-old daughter. She looked like I did when I was 16. She was inflamed. She was puffy, you know, kind of big red face and, you know, potato shaped to be perfectly honest. And then you look at the next photo from four months of being bulletproof and she's just a normal teenage kid, normal, normal weight, normal health. Um, her skin cleared up. She was vibrant and the whole family had gone through this transformation of stopping being puffy and starting just to feel amazing. And so anytime a teenager is willing to write a thank you card, you're like, okay, I must've done something good, but it was just the whole family saying our whole lives are, are changed forever. And you take that times, you know, half a million books times millions of pounds lost. Mm. And man, I mean, it, it, it can make me tear up sometimes because it's, no one wrote these things. This knowledge existed in fragments around the world when I was young and fat. And when I struggled so much, I shouldn't have had to spend a million dollars getting, uh, upgrading my biology, getting healthier, and then going beyond. It should have been there. In fact, a lot of it was there, but the doctors didn't know. So my job has been to, to curate the knowledge and to share it and to make things that I can't buy that should exist. And that's been my entire entrepreneurial path is like, well, why can't I buy a protein bar with the right protein, collagen, with the right oil, MCT oil that doesn't have inflammatory toxins and fake sugars and milk protein isolate and other crap in it? Well, okay, I'm going to have to step up and make that. And it's really hard to do, but you know the results. And you haven't even tried the chocolate dipped ones, by the way. You're still eating the okay. original one. <laughs> so it's like, it, it, but it, it just takes so much focus in order to do that. But it, it's it's born out of that deep care from getting cards like that from people who are, you know, massively transformed. That, that's amazing to see those results and to yeah. see those transformations. It's so powerful. Uh, so uh, I'd have to ask you about your investing mind uh, as a as an influencer and a media guru and author. You're, you're getting a lot of people contacting you. I know you get a few pitches, right? <laughs> just like me. Every week. Off of being on television and stuff. So what is it that you look for in a pitch? Um, if, if you want to just give, because I like to talk about that. And, and sure. you've invested in, in several deals. Uh, we're both on an advisory board, by the way, that happy Scott. Um, yep. you know, he said to say hello. I talked to him earlier today. And so I, I love hearing about the entrepreneurial side of all the things that you're also doing. So I like to invest in spaces where I have an understanding. 
And some investors like, oh, you know, I don't know much about, you know, door locks, but I'll invest in a door lock company or something. My, my take on this is like, I'm the father of the field of biohacking mm -hmm. and it's a pretty big field, but I have a neuroscience company called 40 Years Zen. I have, you know, an optical circadian lighting and, and sunglasses company, the true dark thing. So I, there's some things I know about. I was also CTO of the first company that could get heart rate from the wrist. We sold it to Intel for a hundred million. So mm -hmm. I'm an investor in Aura, the Aura ring, which is. Oh, okay. Just about Great to cross a billion dollars in valuation, according to all the uh, all the stuff. I'm also an advisor there. So when I look at these investments, I look at how much is the uh, how much is the whatever the company is making going to change the world and make it a better place. So I don't really believe in impact investing the way you know we invest in our impact investing fund, and which means we don't do bad things, which is great. I don't do bad things, but I want to do things that are shiny and sparkly and will make a massive difference okay. in people. And they've got to remove inconvenience and they've got to make you feel more energy than you did before. Or they've got to radically cut a cost or they've got to remove something bad from our food supply. Um, so I, I don't think I'm allowed to say the name of the company, but I've, uh, at least not yet, there's a company I recently wrote a check for who is going to fix the seed oil problem in the world. Mm -hmm. And we're all eating a bunch of corn oil and soy oil and all in sunflower oil. These are toxic. They've been toxic for 10 years on the Bulletproof diet. There's a reason 42% of Americans are obese, but there's an economic reason that we eat these things. You have to fix it economically. So there's a company doing that. And that's a, an example of this. So I'm looking at, are they going to make humans better? Are they going to make the earth better? And then I look at the leadership team and you know this because you're an experienced investor. I'm blessed to have spent almost a year sitting in on partner meetings on Sand Hill Road with a venture capital firm with Trinity Ventures when I was in EIR to see how yeah. professional investors do it. It's all about the team. I, I yeah. look at the stability. Most of the entrepreneurs that I invest in, I invite them to, and sometimes I require them to go through my 40 years of Zen brain training. It's you know five-day brain upgrade program. And for me, I'm willing to write the $15,000 check it takes to do that because if I'm putting money in the company, I know I can help the entrepreneurial uh, energy. I can help the entrepreneur, him or her, make better decisions with less emotional garbage involved. So I'm, I'm like, I'm in as an advisor usually. And what I'll do is I'll come in early uh, and then I'll help them when it's time to do fundraising later, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Great. And so about how many, you're, you've got your own companies that you own and control, yep. about how many advisory I, type deals do you have? I'm in about 20 uh, either angel investments or advisor type of deals. Yep. It's a mix of tech. It's a mix of food. Um, yep. It's like Happy, Aura. Um, I've invested in a food delivery company a while ago. Uh, and what I do you expect to, to, to make in terms of uh, percentages of success, one out of two, one out of three, one oh. out of five. We all want to see a hundred percent, but that's not, it's not reality, right? You're going to, if I'll be happy if I went on three out of 10, that'd be three really out successful. Two out, of, yeah. two out of 10 would be acceptable. Um, but one of my investments was in um, a company uh, that makes uh, uh, makeup and skincare kind of stuff. And this is a woman who used to work for me. It's called Thrive, uh, Thrive Cosmeceuticals. Mm -hmm. And she was my head of, head of product. And one day she said, Dave, I, I, in tears in her eyes, I'm going to have to quit. Her name's Carissa. She said, I'm going to have to quit because I've been, I, I told you I was doing this little nonprofit makeup thing where we give makeup to women who've had chemotherapy so they can feel beautiful afterwards. And then she says, I just got on Good Morning America. Like, I have to go do this. Like, this is my, my purpose here. And then, so then I said, great, can I invest? 
some people get mad when an employee leaves. And if they leave for the wrong reason, that's because they need to go to a therapist or something. She was leaving for the right reason. So I invested, right? And I, that should be somewhere like a 60x return would be my guess is what that's going to end up as. Love that. That's great. Uh, she's she's that's just killing it and you know has a mission behind her. And I look for mission in what uh, in in what I do. Mm-hmm. So I want to see that that there's a fire and and if like I'm going to be an entrepreneur to get rich, it's like good God, um, that's not why you do this. Um, go be a Wall Street banker if you want to get rich without a purpose or a mission or a reason for being. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Dig. <laughs> but if you want to make stuff that, that makes things better, then do it. And if you're going to be one of those entrepreneurs, it's like, oh, I saw this good idea. I'm just going to go copy it and make it cheaper and crappier. You're a vulture and a parasite. You're not right. an entrepreneur That's either. I won't invest in those. People to do that. Oh, <laughs> so many people. Nah. They, they, yeah. That's done out of envy and fear and greed. And they, they drag down good companies. Yeah. So uh, great, great, great answers. Uh, in your book, I, I, a couple questions that as I'm checking it out, you, you, there's a cheeseburger story that's kind of cool. Do you want to you talk sure. about it? Sure. So one thing that happens when you fast, even just intermittent fast, or maybe you just go from dinner to dinner without eating, the sensors in your body open up and you become more aware of the world around you. You're better able to read people. You become more perceptive, more intuitive, more creative. And this is an evolutionary response because you, your body is like, if you don't find some food, you're going to die. Let me give you better brain power. Let me give you more energy. Let me give you everything you need to go find the cheeseburger. And a friend of mine, um, Chris, um, many years ago was in long range patrol uh, training, basically like special forces style stuff where they teach you to go out for weeks in the country and, you know, sit in a sniper's nest, whatever they do. He wasn't even allowed to tell me most of the stuff they did, but he said during training, they'd be carrying 80 pound backpacks and they'd say, well, you got to go, you know, 80 miles cross country and go to this destination. Here's the compass coordinates. Um, good luck with that. No food. And so these guys are fasting for three days, walking 20, 30 miles across country, carrying an unimaginable amount of weight. And I'm like, how could you do that? And he goes, well, we just did. And the fasting aspect of it is amazing because this is very heavy physical work. But he said, Dave, one of the things they did that, that taught me about this is I put, or, or the, the, whatever the lieutenant or the, the head trainer guy, they put a cheeseburger up in a tree at the destination. And he said, we were two or three miles away and we could smell the cheeseburger. <laughs> and, and, you know, basically your senses get turned on. Wow. And this is the same guy in one of my other books I talked about. In fact, I've interviewed Mark Devine, the Navy SEAL, and I've asked him this question as well. A trained military person or a, a scout or even like a shaman, you know, a, or a Native American scout, they know when they're in someone's sights. They can't exactly tell you how, but they're like, oh, yeah, my skin tingles, the hairs stand up, and I know, and I duck, right, or, or I dodge, right? And, and it is teachable, it is trainable, and it, it's an altered state of high performance. A really good entrepreneur, when that idea is in front of you, you feel it in your bones, and you know it. And the very best investors out there, they know it. Yeah. And then they look at the numbers and if they match, they invest. And if they know it and look at the numbers that don't make sense, they might invest. But if the numbers make sense, but they don't know it, they don't invest. And so fasting opens up your ability to be more perceptive of the world around you in a very interesting way. And it's, it's taking advantage of our biological uh, hardcore wiring that says, you know what? 
if there isn't food in the stomach right now, you better be the most creative, amazing, fastest, strongest, smartest human there is to make sure you're the one who gets the cheeseburger. Love it. That's a great story. Two miles away, they could smell that cheese. Yeah. <laughs> were, were they fighting for it when it got there? Or? <laughs> they probably shared it. I mean, when, yeah. when people are, when you do shared suffering in, in a community, and, yeah. and that's something else, Kevin, that's worth talking about. We talked about fear is 10 times more attention. Food gets five times more attention. There's another F word, fertility, that gets a lot more attention than uh, you might expect. You know, we, In fact, everything you've ever done that you're ashamed of came from your cells, basically trying to not get eaten, trying to eat, and trying to reproduce. Mm. everything anyone's ever done was like that there's like oh why did i do that that's why that the person you dated you shouldn't have dated that was why so this is running in all of us and it screws up entrepreneurs all the time right but the fourth f word that's wired into everyone is friend and we are hardwired in ourselves to form communities and support each other and that's why bacteria make yogurt and kombucha trees make a forest deer make a herd and humans make tribes and we're, we support each other. We take care of our older people. We take care of our children. We help. We specialize. You know, you're the baker. You know, you're the metalsmith, whatever. But we, we do that and, and we automatically do it without having to think because that's what makes us survive the best. But also it's what makes us happy. And it's when entrepreneurs get in line with that. They stop letting fear rule their decision making. They stop letting food rule their thoughts during the day. They probably if you follow Napoleon Hill and some of the stuff I've written about that, they even stop letting their sex drive make them do things that aren't good. They actually harness that sexual energy. Men and women do this and they use it to turn into being a creative force in the world. And they do that so they can serve others better. And when you line all that stuff up, being an entrepreneur is easy and fun. You're in a flow state and, and things happen the way they're supposed to happen. And when you're fearful, hungry, feeling unloved, you don't have enough energy left to serve people with that final friend F word and you end up acting like a greedy jerk, stealing stuff from other people and you will fall and you'll hate your life all the time, even before you fall. I, that was kind of how I started the first 25 years of you know figuring this stuff out. You can't chase things, right? You have to, you, you can't run away from failure and fear, which is a big power for young entrepreneurs, especially usually. What you wanna do instead is find your mission and your target and go for that. And it's weird that learning to skip breakfast and do a fast can help with that. But the science is pretty, pretty reasonable on that. It's just getting out of your own way. I love it. Fantastic. I, I, I've got a couple more questions before we wrap up here. We're back, back to fasting. Or, or what would you say if you folks that are out there, if they buy your book, they show the receipt and they're going to actually get this coaching that you're going yeah. to get, right? I, so are there, are there a couple action steps they can take right now? There are action steps. Right? And again, here's here's the new book. I'll just show it for those that are that are out there watching. We'll, we'll, uh, I want to hear the answer though. All you've got to do, order the book and post a receipt at fastthisway.com. And when you do that, I'm going to teach you the book for two weeks. I was a, teach, a teacher at the University of California for five years. I have never taught one of my books. And if I did, I'd charge you a lot for the program. I'm doing this as a gift. I want everyone to learn how to skip breakfast and maybe even lunch without acting like a jerk because the reduction in pain, suffering, medical bills is gonna be huge. And because when you learn to do this, it's going to make you a nicer person. And the dividends for me personally, for having tens of thousands of people go through this training, which is what's gonna happen all together. Hey, we're making the world a better place and we're saving money on breakfast. Like you can't lose, fastthisway.com. Fastthisway.com, fantastic. Hey, on, regarding your books, 
Do you, are you um, a, a full service kind of guy? Can you write it and, and do most of that? You, do, you, do you bring in some dream team members to help you with the process? No, I, I just have a, a team of people in India who write all my books for me. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I would never, <laughs> although Tim Ferriss did that in one of his. In Hindi. <laughs> yeah, in Hindi. No. Um, uh, Tim wrote about that in the four hour uh, work week, which is really funny. No, what I do is I work with a writing partner on my books where I sit down and say, this is my vision. This is the skeleton. We do a, a series of, of interviews where we're, we're co-creating um, the book. I create the skeleton. And I work with my writing partner and we, we send the book back and forth every day where yeah. like, okay, I want you to help put some of the muscles in place on the skeleton. Like here's where we want the organs, what we, what we want it to feel like. And then the final step is, is the skin, making sure that it's got the vibe, the feel, um, the right language and all this stuff. So I go through. So I spend thousands of hours on a book uh, working mm -hmm. with a partner. As an author and as an entrepreneur, the lowest hourly rate of anything I do is write books. <laughs> like yeah. people say, oh, but book deals can be, thousands you know, six hours, figures. Right? Yeah. I mean, no, if you write your own books, you don't make a lot of money, but it forces you to learn and crystallize the knowledge so you can communicate it the way I do. Um, and also I feel called to do it. I, I want to share stuff that matters. And my goal, every episode of Bulletproof Radio, everything that I write, especially the books, Anyone who spends an hour with me on the radio or spends eight or 10 hours reading one of my books, they must get more value out of that than they put into it. Or frankly, if you're going to sell you know, half a million books or you have 200 million hours of downloads of your show, if I wasted 200 million hours of human life, you know what that makes me? A mass murderer. <laughs> <laughs> like Seriously, that's many human lifetimes. Yeah, I am yeah. not going to waste it. It is precious. I am privileged and honored to have that, that microphone. Mm -hmm. So to me, writing a book is the highest, like the highest sharing of my most distilled wisdom for myself and others. And I, I don't think I could outsource that. Exactly. Great, great, uh, great job. So I think, I mean, at the end of the day, one of your keys to success is surrounding yourself with some of the right people. I, I call it a dream team. Do, do, oh yeah. Do you believe in that philosophy also? Creating Kevin, a team? outside of Bulletproof, so I'm chairman and founder of Bulletproof and we've got a big team at Bulletproof and that's a, a company that's getting to be mature and growing and, and evolving. Um, and I serve as you know our, our, our chief evangelist and spiritual leader, right? But I have a great executive team and a great CEO uh, in at Bulletproof. But I've got these four or five other companies with 60 employees who work for me. And I spend most of my time when I'm not in creative visionary kind of mode, working to make sure that the team is the highest integrity and that our culture is there. And what culture does is culture is like a school of fish. So we're all swimming in one direction. And if one fish starts going sideways, the rest of the fish will straighten them out. But if you don't have a culture that straightens them out, the one goes sideways, pretty soon the whole the whole school of fish turns right into a shark's mouth, but not the good kind of shark. Yeah. <laughs> so what, um, what I do there, it's like you, you really hire carefully. And if someone doesn't show up the way that they said they were in the interview, you fire fast. It took me a long time to learn this, Kevin, yeah. but allowing someone who's not the right fit in your company to stay in your company they're stressed all the time. They can't sleep at night. They hate their life, but they bring down the people who are showing up for the, for the mission and the vision. So uh, super clean culture is the most important thing uh, that I know how to do as an entrepreneur. And you got to have it. The guys who, who never get above a million dollars, they're micromanagers and they won't hire A players. And it's so common. Yeah. 
Hey, speaking of your dream team, your, your wife, Dr. Lana, right? It, yep. It, now, how happy is she that she doesn't have to cook you breakfast anymore? <laughs> you yeah. saw the dedication in the book. Uh, she's pretty... Yeah. She's pretty happy. I mean, frankly, I did all the cooking for my very first book it was called The Better Baby Book. It was like, how do you have a healthier uh, pregnancy? And so I, I did all the shopping and cooking to restore her fertility, you know, 15 years ago. Uh, so she's happy to make me breakfast. But now that it's like, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to have my bulletproof coffee. It does save time in the morning. It, it's it's really nice and, and refreshing. So she's quite happy about that. And being a medical doctor, she's on board with all this biohacking. So I have an ER doctor backing me up in case I do something really crazy. Super. That's super. Well, listen, I, I want to thank you for, for being here today and, and wish you amazing luck on uh, Fast This Way. For, for all the, the folks out there listening right now, go to fastthisway.com to check out uh, the, the offer on the book and, and get involved then in Dave Asprey's ongoing uh, training that he's going to be putting on. That was a two-week program, I think he it's said. It's a two-week program that's for free. And my job this year is I have, what, uh, 800 hours of, of audio and video and 3,000 posts and seven books. I am going to teach people the most important stuff like I would at, in a university for the next year. And yeah. I want people to get on board and I'm going to do this in a large community. We can do it remotely for the first time because everyone's all connected. Thank you, coronavirus, pandemic, and all that stuff. So we're all willing to learn online. I'm, I'm all in. I, I want the most precious things I've learned in my time on earth from the masters of all these different disciplines. It's structured. It's ready. I've been working for years on this and I'm sharing it personally, including sessions like this, but with a, a live Q&A. Most people who write books don't do that. This is why I'm here. So I'm happy to do it. Beautiful. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Dave. You're an entrepreneur, a media guru, investor, New York Times best selling author and uh, father of biohacking. Thanks for being on Sharkpreneur today and good luck with the launch of your book. Take care. Thank you, Kevin. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>